Hello and welcome back to We're the North Bank, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Minute Football. It's our post-match show and I'm delighted to be joined by Mike Stavrou from Metro Sport. Mike, welcome back. How are you, first of all? Uh, I've been better, Harry, not going to lie. I had to sit through 90 minutes of that. It was dreadful, wasn't it? We're recording this about, what, 10 minutes after the final whistle at Villa Park. It's finished Aston Villa 1, Arsenal 0. Of course, Villa were in desperate need of the three points. It's three points that sees them uh, step out of the relegation zone, at least uh, going into the last weekend. And it gives them a real, real fighting chance of survival. Understandably, they were probably a little bit more up for this game. There was a lot more commitment in their performance, I would say. I want to start off by, I guess, getting your thoughts on the initial team selection, because I think we all understood that there was going to need to be some rotation this evening. But do you think, Mik- I know it's easy to say in hindsight, but do you think Mikel Arteta got it horribly wrong tonight? Because as much as I adore him, I think he did. I think in certain areas, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, as soon as I saw the team, I was very perplexed seeing Eddie Nketiah, Lacazette and Aubameyang as uh, what was a bit of a very weird front three. I don't really know what he was going for there. Uh, that was a bit surprising. I, the, the other areas I sort of understood a bit more. You know, Tierney's played a lot. Granit uh, Xhaka's played a lot since the restart. Um, Kolasinac was, was going to come back in if if, um, if Tierney dropped out. So that I got. But the attacking uh, lineup, I did not get. I mean, leaving Pepe on the bench... Uh, not that he was great when he came on anyway, but yeah, there were a few things where I was thinking, what's the plan here? And um, obviously the way it panned out, I think, you know, our initial doubts proved to be right. Yeah, I mean, look, as I said right at the top of the show, I think we all accept that this post-COVID uh, period has been really, really difficult on the players in the sense of the games have been coming thick and fast. They're back-to-back, they're non-stop. But today we just we just got it all wrong. We just got it all wrong. And, you know, there were a lot of um, uh, things wrong with the way we were trying to build the ball forward. I thought, I thought without Granit Xhaka in particular in the first half, we looked clueless when we were trying to progress the ball. It's not to say we were a great deal better um, when he sort of came onto the pitch, but the one concern I have about this Arsenal team at the moment, and I want to make it clear that I'm not overreacting to this result because I did say on another podcast this morning that I wouldn't do that. I did say that, you know, the FA Cup is is our priority now. And as much as Mikel Arteta is going to go around and say, you know, the league is important and we feel like we can qualify that way. You know, it's clear, isn't it, that he's prioritising the cup. But are you worried about the lack of creativity? Because we've been singing Arsenal's praises following the wins against Liverpool and against Manchester City. And I know we made a couple of opportunities against Manchester City but we are really struggling to create chances. If teams work out a way of stopping our fullbacks, our wingbacks, getting into the areas that Mikel Arteta wants them to get in, without a number 10, I feel like we're we're lost and, and we're really, really struggling for that creative influence. Would you agree with that? 100%. I mean, I think we saw on the other, on the other opposition team, Harry, what we needed. Someone like Jack Grealish, someone uh, that's a creative midfielder, uh, that can run with the ball, that sees the final pass, can get into dangerous positions, draws defenders out. We had none of that, absolutely none of that today. And we haven't for a, for a while, actually. Uh, I mean, our complete reliance on create creativity in midfield has been on Mesut Ozil, and he has limitations, as we know. He's not been in the team, so we've had absolutely nothing. I mean, 
I think the, the the games against Man City and Liverpool, the reason why you know we were able to win those is because we were playing on quick transitions um, and essentially playing on on the counter attack because our, our formation and you know the way we were set up allowed us to do that. But when when we have to try and break a team down, it's it's horrendous. I mean, today if, if you look at it, really, as you say, our only you know opportunities or if any or our only sort of you know. Uh, forays into their half were from our, our wing backs and I think Cedric had about 11 crosses and none of them connected so it was just you know get the ball wide and hit hopeful cross into the box and and pray that that someone gets on the end of it and in, I mean, if, if that's your only tactic I mean I'm not surprised that that we didn't have a shot on target I mean it was just it was terrible there was no sort of combination play um, Ceballos was so deep Torreira was completely ineffective yeah it did improve when, when Xhaka came on but I mean how many attackers did we end up with Harry at the, at the end of the game uh, I think about four or five or even six and we still could create nothing because we couldn't get the ball to them it was just complete uh, and, and, and utter like terrible uh, build up and it, we, we, we need this break now I mean we, we need to obviously uh, play this final and give it our best, but we need this summer uh, to rebuild and you know for Arteta to, to work with this side because there's a hell of a lot of work to do. It comes as a real reminder, doesn't it, of where we're actually at because it's easy to get carried away with a couple of results. And again, I put the caveat in there. You know, we know that Aston Villa were going to be more up for this, and, and that's not to say that it's an excuse for Arsenal not necessarily being up for it. But, you know, the, the the circumstances are very different. I think under Mikel Arteta, you know, we have, of course, made some progress. I do think, though, that obviously, well, it's, it's not a thought. It's a fact. You know, when you play against a team like Aston Villa in comparison to somebody like Liverpool or Manchester City, the problems and the challenges that you face are very, very different. And in a game like this where the onus is on Arsenal to go and create opportunities with regularity to dominate the game, to control the, the tempo. We're not doing that very well at the moment. And even if we are controlling the game in the sense of possessional figures and we've got the ball uh, knocking it around our back three, we're just not finding that penetration that Arsenal teams used to have. And it's a real, real problem. You know, we've seen, I think probably one of the best opportunities that we created this evening was the one where Aubameyang got sort of to the byline, he cut it back and it was a poor, poor pass. But you saw that, you know, that run that he's been making quite often recently where he sort of comes in from the left and the ball's played in the channel again. I think it was by Tierney, just like it was at the weekend. But those things are not happening anywhere near regular enough. And that, and that is a real, real issue for me. Um, let's talk about the goal, because, of course, Aston Villa uh, took the lead and, and ended up holding on to the lead through Trezeguet. Huge, huge goal for Dean Smith's side. Um, again, it was a set piece. Again, it was probably, I, I would say, a little bit sloppy in terms of the way we conceded the set piece in the first place. But are you of the view that Cedric might have done a little bit more to put Trezeguet off there? Yeah, I am. Um, I mean, whenever you see a player turning turning their back against the ball, it's never really a good sign. But I think he wasn't helped by the fact that Trezeguet had the freedom of the pitch. There was no one had any idea where he was. No one was marking him. And I know we're playing a, a zonal marking system, but you can't leave someone, you know, an attacker with that much space in the box. It's just absolute madness. 
And, you know, our de- defensive weakness from, from corners and set pieces shows once again. I mean, look, I'm not going to come out and, and absolutely tear in Cedric because I don't think we've, we've loads of him. He's just come back from a, from a, you know, long injury. But let's be honest, Harry, tying this sort of guy, um, player at best, down to a four-year contract, doesn't that just tell you exactly where we are at the moment? And how far we've got to go until we want to get back to being, you know, a, a, a really good team. I mean, the fact that, that you know, we might be limited to these kind of signings in the next window is even more worrying for me. Just, just straying away from the goal for a second. But don't, don't you think it's worrying? It is. It's, it, this is such a strange evening. And, and I know we're recording this immediately after the game. And often the reaction is a little bit OTT. And, and you, you know, you calm down the next morning and you look at things with a more rational approach. But I think what's worrying for me is, yes, it seems like we're probably going to have to shop in the bargain basement again. Um, you know, and, and when you th- take that into consideration and you think about where we're at as a football team, it is worrying because you wonder, don't you? You know, as good as a coach Mikel Arteta may be, you do wonder how we're going to bridge that gap. Operating in that way is a real, real problem. I guess for me, this this game, it, it's a horrible one because I actually sort of psyched myself up to be okay with not getting a result tonight prior to the game. I was like, you know, I understand it, it's it's a huge game in terms of the relegation fight. Is it that important for Arsenal? The likelihood of us qualifying for Europe via the league is not very high anyway. And, and sort of, I've kind of tapped out and I'm all about the FA Cup now. But for some reason, it, it hurts a lot more than I thought it would. And I think it's because it just felt like, you know, Aston Villa weren't even that good tonight. They really weren't. They created a couple of opportunities Forced a couple of saves off Martinez. That was that one that um, Keenan Davis dragged wide as well, which was a really, really good chance. But other than that, I just felt like the game was there, but it was mismanaged. And is Mikel Arteta trying to make a point to the board, uh, you know, about the fact that when he does need to make changes and the, and the fact that the demands are so much playing in games so close together, he doesn't actually have the tools to, to handle that. Uh, is he making a point? Or has he just got it wrong tonight? I'm not sure. Well, I mean, I think, to, to, to be fair to Artel, what could he have done there, really? Because you looked at, at, at the bench, Harry, and as, as I said earlier, you had six attackers on the pitch, but no midfielders. Who was he going to bring on in that situation? You know, Gwendouzi and Oza were out of the squad. I mean, it's so clear as day. There's he he might be he might go on to be one of the best managers you know in the, in the league he he has the p- potential to be that we have no idea at the moment but even if he is even if we had anyone there's only a limitation on how much you can do with with what you have at your disposal we, we just didn't have that i mean where was that player to 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 grab the game uh, by the horns that you know i mean we've been saying it for so long but that midfielder like patrick vieira who you can who can change a game on an instance, maybe someone a bit like, like Thomas Partey, who in an, in a perfect world, if, if that backing did come in, I think he'd be the sort of character and, and, uh, you know, profile player that we need, but are we going to go out and get him? Probably not. Because if we don't finish in, if we don't win the, the FA Cup and finish it in the Europa League places and qualify for the Europa League, I mean, the, the situation is going to be even more dire than, uh, than than it is right now. And, and if we don't, and if 
you know, I think it is it 25, 30 years since we um, finished outside of European competition. It's going to be a bit of a disaster, but, you know, just sort of taking it back to, to, to reality a little bit. I mean, I think this, this team has the possibility to, to improve, but um, I think firstly, there's, there has to be a lot of deadwood shipped out. And if we can't, you know, get the players that we want in, I think at least slim the squad, you know, get rid of the players that maybe on too high wages that maybe don't want to be there and keep the ones that are actually going to take us forward, you know, maybe dip into the, to the academy again to, to, to find a bright spark in there like we have with Saka. Uh, like we have with Willock. I mean, that's that's our only options at the moment. I mean, if we're not going to have a big budget, that's what, what else can we do, really? So I'm looking on Twitter at the moment because obviously, as I said, we're recording this almost immediately after the final whistle. And I, I wanted to gauge a little bit of an understanding of how the Arsenal fans out there are feeling about this result. Um, we know that the Arsenal fan base is one that is notorious for overreacting. So we're going to take some of this with a pinch of salt. But one of the names that is trending on Twitter right now is the name of somebody that you just mentioned. And it's a name that seems to divide opinion whenever it's said. And that is the name of Messer Ozil. Now, I'm not saying that Messer Ozil should start for Arsenal. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that he hasn't got a back injury. It just feels a little bit convenient. And some of the sort of social media posts that he has been putting out of late would suggest that if he's not fully fit, he's at least somewhat fit because he seems to be taking part in training. Is there an argument, Mike? And again, I'm not slating Mikel Arteta. I just want to get your take on this. Is there an argument that when the team is so clearly lacking in creativity that Mesut Ozil should at least be on the bench? No, no. I don't think you can... You can make this whole spiel when when you come in about non-negotiables and you know dropping players from the squad because then they're, they're not quite been working hard enough. And then you know obviously Ozil and Guendouzi. Guendouzi, I don't think he's even training with it with the team. Uh, he's not. Anyway, he's training alone. He's, he's, <laughs> exactly. Like Look, I don't think you can you can have this stance for the whole squad and then because we're so desperate. That suddenly changed that just to bring Oza back in. I don't think it works like that. What's, what sort of message would that send to the rest of the team? Oh, actually, you can slack off and, and, and do what you want and not quite be up to standard, but because, you know, we're such a mess, actually, it's fine. You know, come and play. No, I don't think he can. I mean, I get what we are coming from in the sense that we are, you know, we, we, we do need someone like that, but I don't think that's the answer. And I think that's where it has to be taken out of Arteta's hands and, and say, look, you know, Ozil... Clearly, he's not in the manager's plans. He doesn't fancy him, whatever the reason is. But we need to resolve this situation. And if he doesn't want to leave because his contract's up next season, pay him off. But it is, Mike, it is something that will come up every time Arsenal lack the one thing that Messer Ozil brings you. And that is creativity. And the fact that we are paying such a huge amount of money to the player week in, week out, the fact that he is in and around the club, the fact that he is kind of declaring himself fit. I'm not saying that, you know, he should start games. I think it's quite clear that even if he was fit, Mikel Arteta has gone with a certain approach in the last few weeks that doesn't play with a number 10. It just doesn't require one. So I completely and totally get why he would not be in the side. 
But when you look at the substitutes bench today and you look at sort of midfield options and you look at who we had, obviously Granite Xhaka came on, Joe Willett came on late on, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, I guess, is there as well, who you would class as somebody who can play um, sort of in a midfield role. You know, the rest of the bench, Matt Smith, Socrates, Kieran Tierney, Bellerin, there's surely an argument that says that even if he doesn't necessarily fit in with the style that you want to play, when you do what we did at the end of the game, which was essentially not even play with any fullbacks because we were so desperate to try and get back into it. So Bios and Shaka were almost sort of playing like makeshift fullbacks right at the end. Then surely there's an argument that says that he should at least be in the picture. I don't know. Any you know, if if Mikel Arteta feels he shouldn't be, then it does suggest, doesn't it, that there is more going on behind the scenes as opposed yeah. to it just being a back problem. And look, it's a debate we can have over and over and over again. So I don't want to get sort of too wrapped up in it. Let's just take a couple of listener questions. Uh, we put a tweet out just before we went. Uh, we jumped on to record and we've got a couple of questions coming through. So I want to put a couple of those to you, Mike. Um, um, for, well, a couple of comments as well. Tony says, uh, we aren't even a Europa League team. This is the second worst league campaign in 42 years. Um M. Brooks says, love Aubameyang. He's a world-class player in the box, but he's bang average when it comes to his passing ability. Um, Stephen Oliver says, we perform well against teams that come on to us. Or, but when we need to break down teams that sit back, we had six or seven attacking players on at the end and never looked like scoring. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, Alvin Bubb says everyone keeps going on about our defensive issues but my problem is we don't have any players that can dribble take on players which would open up more spaces for attack it's it's like this for years and our attack is woeful um, there's a question here that I'm going to put to you uh, from uh, Ibrahim he says are Arsenal better with less possession and how important is winning the FA Cup now for Arteta's Arsenal future oh, um, I mean it's important, but sorry, was it did, was the question Mikel Arteta's future? Yeah, how important is winning the oh. FA Cup now for Mikel Arteta's Arsenal future? Um, I mean, I don't think it, if we win or lose, it will have a bearing on his immediate future. I mean, it could have it, it will have implications in terms of you know the the budget he gets and how he's backed, um, but whether that will make a uh, you know, a sizable difference. I mean, it's it's impossible to say. They might back him regardless of that. Um, but of course, you know, it is it's it's a must win. It's win or bust for the for the season, just like it was last season. Um, but probably with even bigger implications because, you know, I mean, this is it's it's huge. And at least last season we were we were in the Europa League. This season we might not be in Europe at all. Um, it's, it's huge. I think it could, you know, it could go one one or two ways. I, I just want to see a, a good performance and it's a final at the end of the day. So whatever happens, happens. But I'm sure, sure we'll get into that at a later date. But just in, in, in terms of what it means, it could give us a massive boost. It could, you know, give the give the fan base a boost. I mean, winning the FA Cup is is our thing. You know, we won it the most times. So. Um, but no, I'd, I, I wouldn't say it would have a, it's, you know, it's detrimental for Arteta's future at all, no. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think it will have any bearing on whether he stays in the job or not. I think what it will do, though, is it will shape uh, a lot of other things. Like you've said, it will shape, you know, sort of 
how much the board back him, I think. And of course, getting into Europe would be massive in terms of the finances. Um, even if it is just the Europa League, the difference between Europa League or nothing is is big. It's substantial. And when you're talking about the current climate and the, the situation Arsenal find themselves in, then you can't help but feel that we need to win it. Um, it also might be important in the, in the sense of trying to persuade the likes of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang to stay at the club. You know, it'll be a trophy almost immediately. It would be a basis, a foundation from which Mikel Arteta can build on and evidence to his players that actually what I'm doing here it is putting us on the right path and we are on the right road and getting silverware is one of the key keys in which you can evidence that. So I do think it, it could be huge for him, but I also don't think he's in any danger of losing his job if we don't win that final. I think some fans... I'm not going to say we'll turn on him, but if we did go into that final and get embarrassed like we did in Baku, you saw what an impact that had on Unai Emery's reputation. So you do worry about that. Um, and you worry about if we do get beat, let's at least make sure that it's a, not that there's ever an acceptable way to lose, but it's a, uh, you know, it's a final that we've gone into, we've given everything and we've just come up short rather than, one where we've lacked effort and tactically we've got it completely and utterly wrong. Um, lovely stuff. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Don't forget to give us uh, a follow at 90min on Twitter. Um, subscribe to We're The North Bank on all major podcast stores. You can find it on uh, Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Acast, all the usual places. And don't forget to give Mike a follow as well, at Mike underscore Stavrou. That's S-T-A-V-R-O-U. I'm Harry Simeon. Give me a follow as well. And we'll be back on Sunday evening where we'll be looking back at Arsenal's last Premier League game of the season. If you've got any thoughts, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what you're thinking. And let's have your immediate reaction as well to the disappointing defeat at Villa Park. It's finished. Aston Villa 1, Arsenal 0. Cheers. <laughs>